If it's done right the first time, you don't have to redo it. If you get Pete's concrete to pour your driveway, you don't need a repeat. When your patio is a PDO, you don't need a repeat. When Pete's concrete fixes your sidewalk, all it takes is once. You don't need a repeat. And if your basement leaks, a Pete's repair helps avoid a repeat. Get it done right the first time, with the colors and textures you want, so you don't have to redo it. For concrete, you can choose Pete's or repeats. Pete's Concrete. Welcome to the Two Mutts Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. <laughs> Rick White, here's Radulov with a chance. Scores! One time Dry settle again, turn, shoots, scores! Austin Matthews in, shoots, scores! Austin Matthews! Schultz ahead, Crosby onside, behind the fence, toward the net, he scores! Back across, fired, score! Crosby again! Tage with a shot, he scores! Tage, shoves in front, they score! Jonathan Tage ties it! Look at that! Are you watching this? What a brilliant piece of work from Connor McDavid! Wow. Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. I'm with Clay Vanderham. Vandy, how's it going? Vandy is dandy. It is 30 degrees in Edmonton in June. I'm sipping a wine on the deck and uh, talking to four-time, four-time now. Remember, yeah, four, uh, a four-time four guest. We got uh, Vern Fiddler, played 877 regular season games in 51 games in the playoffs. We would like to welcome back for his fourth visit to the Two Months Podcast, Vernon Fiddler. Fids, how's it going? Good, guys. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to have to change the what, name of the podcast. What, 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 what number is Chimmer at? He hit three, so he yeah, so tied I'm, you. I'm, so I'm, you, I'm, just, you, you got that p- p- pivotal game seven there, so you eliminated <laughs> Speaking of game seven, so... so uh, we'll quickly just transition into into some hockey here here, but uh, we'll start off with yeah. The, what are what are we going to talk about, Bosco? Uh, we'll talk about the lease, but we'll talk about the the headline the story here is Fids is going to do be the dad here. He's going to take some time, and you know he's not saying goodbye to hockey, but it's uh, I'll be back in a bit. But you did have an announcement over the last few days, and talk about that decision, and uh, you're going to spend some some great time with the with the kids here and your wife. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, like coming back here to Kelowna, it was, it was a lot of, uh, we, we checked off a lot of boxes coming back. We have a home here. I was able to coach uh, at a high level. My son was able to go to a hockey academy. We were able to spend time with grandma and grandpa. Uh, and my, my wife's sisters are very close here too. So uh, we had two great years of visiting with family and everything, but uh, we just made a decision right after about Christmas that I think, we, we were we were going to move back home to Texas and continue life on there and um, it just has a little bit more to offer for everybody and not just my son and I so I I respect that uh, you know my my daughter was involved in a really good dance program there my wife was you know teaching yoga and stuff so that they really enjoyed so um, it's just one of those things where it it'll make everybody happy to go back there but at the same time I'm going to miss Kelowna here, we've had a, a summer house here for almost 16 years now, total with, with between two houses and, you know, great place to come, great friends and 
uh, we're going to miss it, but I know it's the right decision to step away from the game and focus on my family while they're, my kids are young and want to actually be a part of my life Yeah. <laughs> rather than uh, chase them around once they get to, to be that age where, um, you know, they, they don't really need us as, as much. So, you know, my kids are 14 and 11 right now or 13 and 11. Blake's going to turn 14 this summer, but just think it's a really good time to, uh, you know, take the time to, to be around and, um, so that they remember me being around because it's, you know, it, it right from we, when we had kids, they, they've always chased me around to drinks and everything was dictated off me. And selfishly, I came here to try to maybe take, take on another career coaching, but um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where during the pandemic, I actually really realized how much I missed being at home all the time and really not having, you know, anyone to answer to and, um, I just think it's a good opportunity for me to take a couple of years here and, and see if I like being a stay at home dad. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to just being around and not, not having to miss anything and not having the anxiety of my kids not remembering who I am. So yeah, uh, tough decision, but I'm really looking forward to my next chapter in my life. Yeah, no, and you've, uh, you've made a lot of good friends and connections along the way. So if you ever want to get back in, it's going to be a pretty easy transition for that. But talk about Dallas and, you know, you have your place there still and and how good the, the hockey is. You know, it, obviously we see it here, you know, with the World Juniors, the, uh, the U.S. program just, just won the World Juniors again. And, you know, but you know that area pretty well. You've played your whole career in the States, but talk about the uh, – the development that that it is for for kids and how good it's going to be for your kid going there it's not a lot saying it's bad in canada but you know it's you got a good good thing for your little for your son there yeah it's uh it, it is a really good program in dallas we have 13 rinks a double sheet rink so there's there's tons of ice to go around their hockey program is massive they have four or five club teams they have one triple a program which is uh dallas stars elite where blake will play um, it's a really good program. Like we're, we're really happy that we came up to Canada and, you know, did the Canada, you know, Canada hockey side of it, because the, you do learn a lot of different things. Like I find in Canada, it's really focused on, you know, systems and, you know, you know, the Canadian style of hockey where in, in the U S like you have ADM day, days where it's just all skills. Like you're, you're dangling at the blue lines, like you're not dumping any pucks or anything like that. It's, it's all about skill work and skills and drills and it's mandatory for every team to have a practice like that once a week. They send in special guests to come in and teach those. And um, you know, it's it's a it's a way different game in the US with USA hockey. Like the, the development programs are a lot different. It's you know a lot more skill. And I found coaching on both sides of it, you know, there's a lot more systems involved in Canada and in US, I find there's just way more skill. Yeah. Uh, which can be a double-edged sword because, you know, it's tough to teach a kid at 16 or 17 how to play a system when, you know, these kids, some kids from Canada have been playing systems since they were in peewee hockey. So um, I think my son's very fortunate to have the, the best of both both worlds and, and get get to experience both. Um, I, I, I don't dislike uh, Hockey Canada, but I, I think there's, there's, there's positives and negatives in both. Uh, but yeah, in, in, in Dallas, it's a great program. There's tons of NHL guys around helping out Bob Basson, uh, Marty Turco, uh, who else is around there? Um, Landon Wilson, uh, uh, Wilson son, who's a coach in, uh, I think he was 
Minnesota and Philadelphia the last few years. There's, there's just ton, tons of hockey guys there. There's a lot of minor pro guys that are there too that have stuck around. So there's uh, great guys teaching the kids and coaching the kids to be the best. And, um, you know, our last year in Dallas, our, our team was really strong. I think we were a top five team in, in, uh, in the States where, you know, we, we, you know, we manipulated a few roster spots with a couple of <laughs> kids out of state, but, uh, you know, we, we did what we had to do, but, um, you know, it was fun. And, you know, the, the, the parents are so committed down there. Like, you know, it's, 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 they don't Mickey Mouse anything. They, they want to fly everywhere and they want to go to the best spots and play the best team. So yeah. we're really looking forward to that. I find in Canada, like everyone just wants to kind of stay around where you're from, where not necessarily the best competition. So it's, um, I, I, I respect that, you know, you have to do what you got to do, but I, I want to play the best teams. Like if, if we have the funds to do it, let's go and, you know, play the best teams and get our boys the best competition. So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to get back in Dallas because I know the commitment level is there for that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's uh, yeah, great news. You know, it's a little bittersweet, but you know, when the time comes is we'll be back in the mix whenever you want. So, you know, like you said, uh, on the podcast with Jesse and uh, Mark Pavlich there, you know, you've had have a lot of contacts in the league. So, um, Vandy, you want to add anything to that? No, I'm, I'm disappointed. I was looking forward to a two months Kelowna golf tourney at Tower Ranch. Hey, I'm but, here till July. So if you guys can swing it, yeah, I'm at the end, I'm there at the end of July. So yeah, if, if you're there, I'll have to swing it we'll for sure. So no, hey, Fitz, it's, it's good to hear that, that, you know, a lot of it, it's it's a tough decision, and you gotta. It's good to hear that that you moved on and and you're moving on to the second phase of your career and your life and good on you. Yeah, thank you. Congrats. So uh, I guess we'll start with we'll transition to the NHL and we'll talk about the Leafs. So um, just just disappointing, very disappointing, but as uh, everyone laughs, but. Um, well, to go to the Oilers too, but, uh, Fid's thoughts on the Leafs and, you know, you, you played and to kind of just talk about how hard it is to win. Like it, you know, a lot of people this past couple of days here, they talk about it's hard to win, but, um, you played the game at the highest level, you played in the playoffs, but, uh, kind of, if you can, if you can explain what, how hard it is to win and what does it take to win too? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, man, it, like playoffs is super intense. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a tricky thing to get in, involved in because you want to play so hard because the, the stakes are so much higher and, and you're on TV and like, you know, fucking everybody's watching. Like, I remember my first series in Nashville, we were playing Detroit and like I was revved up. Like I had, you know, Red Bulls in me. I didn't even need them. Like, why would you need them? You're playing in front of 20,000 people. The game's on hockey night in Canada. You know, like, there's 400 people at your mom's house cheering yeah. you on and, you know, and, like, you, you're just running around with your fucking head cut off. And, and you know, like, you got so much emotion and your adrenaline's going, right? And you, you actually don't even play your game because you're just so worried about what, like, making a big hit. So you're, you know, get the fans going and all this. So like you, 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 you got to step away from it. And I learned this as I got older that like, it's, it's literally just another game, but it's, it's a little bit more intense. And like those little moments mean a little bit more. 
yeah. instead of like getting so worked up that you know you want to get a big hit so it's a fucking on cbc and you know the highlight reel like my first couple of years like that's what you're going for right get that hockey yeah. night in canada towel so. yeah so like it's 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 you you watch it on here and these young teams you know their first couple of games are running around but you know i feel like with the leafs i feel like you know they're it's it's just so hard because they got so much pressure on them and then you know they have a pretty good regular season where the games are pretty easy and now all of a sudden you get to the playoffs where that intensity goes up and the compete level goes up and it's like holy fuck they're like whoa it's not so easy anymore well it was easy the first three games you know the first four games they they, they had yeah. success yeah and then all of a sudden the, the you know montreal's d dug in a little bit and they couldn't get to the net they couldn't you know everything was the outside and all of a sudden matthews was like i mean matthews is getting thrown around and he's got no fight back yeah you know like how many times did he get thrown back and they throw him on the big screen laughing yeah, it happened like three or four times, at least I saw. So, so it shows Weber and these big D that, you know, this guy's easy to play with. He's He, he doesn't want to come near us. We, we can run his show. Right. Yeah. So, and, they, and they figured that out. And, you know, it took them a little while. But I think, you know, like once they figured that out and then, you know, you got Marner. Like, yeah, he's got all the skill in the world, but he's, what, 100 and how big, how big is he? Yeah, he's, he's probably – at least 110 pounds and then probably or our he's no sorry he's he's about 510 probably 165 maybe 175 pounds he's no so, gallagher no no so like the guys when you get when you get like i just don't feel that i i just don't feel that the uh, toronto's team was built for the playoffs like they didn't have any you know with so, the exception of hyman and a few guys on the back end like I, they didn't have a few they didn't want to get in the trenches those last three games. Yeah. They, they so, didn't want to finish it. So, you know, that was the problem that, you know, they've had in, in the years past in the playoffs. When they would lose, they would talk about, you know, they didn't have enough grit, enough sandpaper, you know, pretty much. And they didn't have enough players that, like you, in the lineup. And then they kind of went out and got, you know, Simmons and Spezza and Thornton and those guys with, with some jab, maybe it you can say that you know at least Spets have played pretty good but uh and I think Simmons and, and and Thornton played pretty good too but do you still think they they really really lacked the character in that locker room you know especially losing Tavares when they did lose him yeah I think that yeah that was a big hit to them but at the same time like I mean I like Joe Thornton I think he's too slow to play like I think he's too slow to play I think he slowed those guys down when he was yeah. playing with them like those guys are fast transition guys that want to make plays. He gets the puck, he slows them down, you know? So yeah. I get it. He's a, I get it. He's a, you know, a, you know, a hall of fame guy, but you know, like I just feel that like there's younger guys that are more hungry than him. You know, he's got a, he's got a bank full of money that, you know, like, yeah, I, exactly. I, I just don't think the hunger was there. And, you know, when things get tough, like that's when your real leadership shows up and, you know, I don't know if I, I think they missed, I think they really missed Tavares in the dressing room. Like it's yeah. one thing when a guy's up in the stand sending you messages like he was, but when there's a guy in the dressing room, like I think they were kind of looking at each other for, for, uh, for a lot of answers. And, you know, I played with Spez. I don't know if he was what, what he was doing in there, but I feel that, you know, that you, you think with the Gaussian and a few other guys that they, they'd have that, but, you know, when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, sometimes 
you know, there's too many voices and nobody knows fucking who to listen to. So yeah. And then- I the Leafs, so I'm glad they lost, but I don't think they deserve to win that series. And I don't, I don't think those ga- the, the games they won, I don't think they like, they didn't, they weren't like overwhelming wins. No, they, I, just the, I think they won the four, nothing one. There that was, was the uh, only one. That, that was the only one. And, and Montreal just came all flat. But other than that, the games could have went either way. I, I do agree with that, but you know, the biggest thing for me is I knew as soon as they lost Muzzin, because it kind of was like deja vu all over again, because they lost Muzzin against Columbus and he got that injury and then he missed that game and missed the next game. And it was the same thing. He got pulled his groin and then missed that missed that game. And then they missed him in game seven. And, you know, I think that's a character guy there, but you know, we'll switch to Mitch Marner. He's taken a lot of, a lot of heat here. And if you, if you've seen his press conference today, he looks like he's very frustrated. He doesn't, I don't, you know, he's probably seeing a lot of flack and, you know, the Toronto media in, it, in itself can, can be aware, can be wary on you. But uh, since he signed his big ticket fids, he hasn't scored a playoff goal. He's got five playoff goals, but he got all those on his entry level deal. So since he signed that big ticket, he hasn't, he hasn't been able to produce the way he normally would. So do you think that's a factor at all? Or is that kind of a non-starter for you? I no, I think I think I mean it's not like he got money and he's like fuck I'm not going to score another yeah. goal, right? <laughs> but I do think that he's just not a. He, I I just don't think he he I don't think he goes to the hard areas to get you know shit done. Yeah, I think he's a perimeter guy, and on if on, in in the in in the playoffs, like if your power play isn't rolling, that's where he's going to get his cookies. Like, and then you know he's he's not a non-factor in a five-on-five. Yeah. So, I mean, what did he have in the series? I, I, I didn't watch, I, I watched a bit of it, but he had four assists in seven games and that was it. So, right. so yeah. I, I think I saw something about his, sh- his shots on that too. Like they're, they're hit, all of his shots were from the outside of the ice, like the playoffs that you got to get the dirty goals and he's not a dirty goal scorer. Right. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's a guy that needs to fucking score in the shootout or, you know, he needs a, backdoor goal like i just there was even a couple times on the power play where he's he could have you know one-time shots and he's he's just not a he's not a shooter yeah i mean he's, right. he'd stop it and look for a pass that's right like it's yeah. just, but i mean i i'm not a big fan of the leafs and um but i i know it, it, it it's it's tough like when you when you go into the playoffs if you don't have guys willing to fucking do anything it takes to win you ain't gonna win and yeah. I was on teams that I was, I didn't have a whole bunch of success in the playoffs in my earlier years, where, you know, it was like, it was fucking hard, you know, and you learn that, you know, the, the, the best part is if you could get the young guys to learn that early and they don't wait 10 years until they only have like three shots left at in the playoffs, like you're going to have a good team for a long time. You know what? That's funny. Shamara said the exact same thing on different wording, but, he said the exact same thing. These young guys want to come in and they, they want to be the go-to guys either in the playoffs or, or wherever. But yeah, it, I, I think the Leafs got a harsh lesson on momentum in the playoffs Yeah, where you cannot, when you got a team down, you put your foot to the throat and you yeah. punch down. And that's what, that's what Brandon Shannon had said today. He's like, we don't, we don't have anyone in our locker room that has that killer instinct. We need to find that. So that's an issue. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a big, it's a big issue. So I think there are a lot of teams that are like that. Right. This new age player that's coming up, YouTube sensations that are coming into the league where they're 
spinning around, flipping. Okay, that's fantastic. Regular season, I'll I'll pay to watch that in a regular season. But give me a fiddler, a Gallagher, a Shamara. Uh, give me Millwood's type mental attitude. Yeah, where we will carve your heart out for a nickel, a wooden nickel, <laughs> a wooden nickel. So one more on the Leafs. Uh, you know, what do you what do you think happens with Zach Hyman here? Twenty nine years old. You know, as the media does in Toronto, they they'll play it up bigger than probably what it is. He obviously is a great player, but you know, today's the big talk of he's going to get six six years, six million dollars on the open market, and then you got some people that probably know the game a bit better, and they're like, "Well, we're going to hold off on that." No disrespect to the David Clarksons and the Milan Lucic's, but you know, we've seen these contracts happen later. Do you think he deserves, you know, a big raise like that, or you think it's oh, yeah? Would, yeah. I think he plays hard. I, I think uh, I think he's a huge asset, but I they don't have the cap space to sign him. No. So they, like, why would he take a deal to to stay in Toronto? And I know that's his hometown and stuff, but he's gonna go get paid. Like, I mean, he hasn't made a whole bunch of money, so he's he's gonna for sure go to the market. Yeah. They, there's so, no way they could pay him six for six if that's no. what he's worth. Yeah. Yeah. No. I is I, he worth I, that? That's the thing. Is like he. You know, a lot of people took flack on this earlier, like most, mostly <laughs> Babcock did because Babcock just kept on playing him with, with Matthews. And then people were like, come on, what are you doing here? And then slowly over the years, you would see that, you know, he would be probably the best or the most important player on the Leafs lineup. He would go into the corners and do all the dirty things. And now the conversation has happened here where it's like, do you sign Nugent Hopkins or if you let Nuge walk, do you go get Hyman to play with McDavid? So Ooh. I'll put that question to you. Kids. <laughs> we'll, we'll transition to the Oilers, but would you, would you keep Nuge or would you, if you get rid of, if you don't sign Nuge, would you get Hyman? Well, uh, Nuge is center Iceman, right? It's yeah. hard. It's hard to find center Iceman, but you know, he's, he's a guy that can really possess pucks. You know, is he going to win those, is he going to win you a series down low under uh, down low when you have to play against big, you know, big avalanche? Like, how is he going to defend? So, like, it's so tough because you lose him in a free agency. You know what you have. Now you got to go find someone and fill a spot who you don't know. You could sign somebody that you don't know and you've overpaid. If I were the Oilers, I think I'd sign him and try to find him a big winger that, you know, can play with him. Um. I like I, I like playing against him. I don't I don't think he was like the hardest guy to play against, but at the same time he's got he's got a lot of skill and he's he's your second line center all day long. Yeah. But I think you have to you have to, you know, find some guys to complement the way he plays. So if he's a skilled guy, you need some meat for him to play with. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna do any like it's like Radic Fox in Nashville with he plays with Cogliano and Como. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't finish a half eaten sandwich. Well, they want this guy to produce, but you gotta find some guys to, to score some goals for him, right? You know? So, yeah. And those guys used to be able to score and they just kind of, you know, tightened it, tightened the grips up a little bit. And, yeah. But you know, they want more offense out of this big, huge you know, six foot four check kid, but you're only going to get it if you find him some skill to put on his wings because he's a big body can play down low. And I think it's kind of the opposite for Nuge where he's a skilled center. He's got to find some, they got to find him some big wingers that can really hound the puck and win those 50, 50 battles. So 
they can help him out in the D zones. Yeah. Uh, so what was your thoughts on the Oilers series? Were you surprised that they got swept, Fids? No, not at all. Yeah. But, uh, like, I just think their D are awful. Um, boy, I'm being negative. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to change uh, the name of the podcast or something. I, uh, or the title of this episode. <laughs> they have no depth. They have no D. And, I, you know, you know, Darnell Nurse, like, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good player, but he makes a lot of mistakes. I thought Smith was unreal. Like, yeah. Mike Smith was unreal in that, like, you know, he had a really good bounce back here. Good old Kelowna, Kelowna uh, resident. Um, but uh, up front, I mean, like, what what else is there? Like, you got those two studs, and then there's not a whole bunch left up there. No. Like, you you talked about it. You said if the – I mean, if the Leafs don't get those power play calls or whatever, the Oilers didn't get it. They relied on their power play all year. Yeah. And and you're not getting those calls in the playoffs. No, so, sorry. So I saw and, an interesting stat today, and it's probably been out there before, but uh, I heard about it on the radio, or like heard someone talk about it. But so the last two playoffs, Connor McDavid hasn't drawn a power play. So now that yeah. to so me now, that doesn't make that, sense. That, if now, the game is called correctly, and which is we know it's not, Fids, you know better than us. Uh, it's not. But to for that not to happen, that that to me that doesn't seem right. But I mean, it's the playoffs. It's <laughs> you yeah. gotta fight through that shit. I I just feel that like you know, and they're and they're gonna get extra attention in that. And but but like you said, like you you get two power plays. If you go if you go one hundred percent, like that's God, unbelievable. But the chances are you aren't. Like it comes down to these greasy fucking kids, but. You got to draft like you have yeah. to draft well. And the Oilers haven't drafted well enough in the last 10 years to have these guys finally blossoming five years into their career. Yeah. yeah. You have to go pay for it. And you know, that's why they're in trouble. Like you yep. think you think of chase on really good friend of mine, you know, he, he can, he can be, be a net front guy and he scored a couple of big goals, but like he's not hounding pucks. He's not making it miserable for other, for Winnipeg's D like, He's not more, the most physical guy. Like, you know, James Neal, you go pay James Neal, another really good friend of mine. But was he, is he a puck hounder? Is he a guy that's like chasing the puck? Is he making it hard on these D like that they're saying, oh my God, I, I can't fucking play against these guys anymore. Like I can't, there's no free ice. Like, yeah. I mean, every time Winnipeg went back for the puck, it was, they could make a D to D or make a play to the wall. Like there was, there's without, without, McDavid chasing them. Who else am I thinking of? Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you about that's him. That's the so. guy that you know. He plays hard. Like he, he's a smart player. Like he's not the most, but like he's. But he's 170 pounds. Right. So like you get Nuge. You Nuge is 190. Like these guys, Jujar is maybe 200. Yeah. But and but the, these guys are getting blown over. Like you, Stanley. All these the the, the D on Winnipeg. Morrissey. Yeah. who nobody gave any credit to, but he <laughs> ran the Oilers show. Yeah. The whole Pionk series. Too. Neil Pionk. Pionk. These guys are running story. over Jujar Nuge, pushing him over, not running him over, pushing him over. Yeah. Like count how many times yeah. Nuge like, was on his it, knees Juge, in that series. What's this guy? Uh, Jujar? Jujar Kara, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, 
I'm sure he's. You're a not a power forward, dude. He's yeah. not. Like and he got. He had a couple. You know, conkies throughout the year. Yeah, he can't fight either. Yeah, I can't fight. Exactly. Yeah, Richie. Richie took care of him. So, but uh, yeah, no, it's it, it it's definitely concerning. I know, and that was the thing is everyone, you know, it's just interesting. You know, the Oilers get out, the Leaf fans jump all over them. Then the Leafs are out, and then the Oilers fans are all over them. And then everything's like, oh, well, these two teams will be top ten, top eight teams next year. And I don't even know if that's true. Like it's so hard to win in this league, and, and just because you're a good one year doesn't mean you're going to be good the next year. Oh. And I know Ken Holland's got twenty five million dollars to work with, but in all due respect, the last time Ken Holland had twenty five million dollars to work with, he did that in Detroit, and he signed two players on that day that all those guys got paid, the Lucic's and all that. But he signed, you know, Val- Valerie uh, Fubla and uh, Franz Nielsen to big contracts. And, you know, those are still contracts that are hurting that organization in Detroit. Yeah. But it, it's – and that's a risky thing. Well, let's hope, and, he, let's hope he's learned from it. Well, that's the thing. I, you hope he is. But he still has to sign guys, you know, that he's already – he might lose on his team, you know, like the Tyson Berries, the Adam Larsons, you know, and see what happens up front. But, uh, you know, it. I think their depth is concerning, and then we'll see what happens in net. I think, like you said, I think – uh, Mike Smith was probably their best player and their most consistent player all year. If you take Drysaddle and and uh, and and McDavid out of the equation, but you know Smith, as soon as he came in from that injury, it was ceiling was up. He gave him a, ch- a puncher's chance every night in the playoffs, but they just couldn't get that depth. And then you know Tippett went down because he had no choice. He had to go down to four D, and like yeah. he said, Fids, you know, well, he like went- in that last game, like like. You're running 4D, like I'm. I'm like, it's like it's just a matter of time before your car starts bogging out. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, like the diesel that probably just drove by, you guys heard. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, like mix it uh, that uh, you know the kids in there. Like I know Bear made some bad turnovers, but like at that point, it's like, listen, it's you, you know you got to play everybody. Yeah. Like yeah, if, no. if you go to triple overtime with 4D, like what's gonna happen yeah yeah no and that, and that was it there you know you're paying you're playing these guys and you know nurses do for uh two to three glaring mistakes a game just head scratchers and uh you know he, the scary part is he's their best d yeah and that's it you know so we'll see what happens if cleft the fucker played back. 40 minutes that game or whatever yeah. it was yeah. and the, and that was it because like fid said earlier they they had no other cards to play right so it uh you know, uh, cuckoo couldn't get it. You know, at the end of the day, I wouldn't, you know, I don't think panic. No, I don't think that helps out at all. For these two markets, uh, they'll be fine. Yeah. We, they just, I mean, it took Ovechkin a long time to win. Stamco. Tampa Bay, Stamkos took a long time. Iserman. Back yeah, I mean, let's, yeah. let's hold off. You know, he, they're not going to win. We're not talking a, Anaheim, look at Anaheim, Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff. They, you know, they had good teams throughout, but they really didn't have a sniff of the Stanley Cup. Well, they won a cup. Well, they won a cup their their early year, right? But the later on in the career, it's just that it's that hard. It's, and I wouldn't know. Fids obviously would know, but I I agree with you. Like I don't think it's like they still have they still have like two really good pieces to build around, right? Like yeah. 
but I think they're better off to try to find like some depth. And then you, when you, when you sign those depth guys, you, you usually find out that they're better than they are. Like if, if they're getting attention in the market, you know, a lot like, and I'm not saying like a $5 million guy, I'm saying like, like a Josh Archibald, right? Yeah. Like yeah. these guys that are like, you find out they have a little bit more skill, but you find a way to, to, I, I like those guys together. I think that's use, useless. I know they play really well together, but when you're looking at a lineup sheet as a coach and you see McDavid on one line and dry settle on one line, you're like, okay, well, what are we going to like, you know, you draw straws to see who's going to play. So if you can get two of those lines and then, you know, you find a way to, to, to get a little bit of depth, like maybe even just a third line, like let's fuck the fourth line for now. Yeah. And let's just work on a third line and maybe 5D that can actually play the whole game. And then, then you're talking and you got a good goalie. Like, you know, hopefully they can get drafting and find a goalie that they can bring through this program quick here. And, um, but I think they have to find a way to separate those guys and get them not playing together. They play on the power play together. But if you can play them five on five away from each other, it's so much harder for teams to manage them. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So uh, we'll shift gears to the Montreal series as we just jumped on that uh, Montreal won tonight, 5-3. Uh, big win for them. But the biggest news out of that game is uh, the hit that Mark Shifley had on uh, on Evans for the empty netter. Throw to you, Vandy, first. Uh, thoughts on the hit? And uh, do you think there'll be a suspension coming from this? And if so, how many games? Uh, I, yeah, there'll be a suspension, I would think, um, just because of the severity of the injury. I, I do, I don't think there should be, I don't, th I've looked at it when I first saw it, I, it looked bad, but I've looked at it more and more and it's just a guy coming back, finishing his check in a intense game. Now, I don't know what they do in the NHL if George Perils goes back in the game and looks at how, you know, Shifley looked frustrated tonight. And, you know, that, I think that was the second period, penalty of the period. Yeah. He looked – I don't know if they go back and look at – maybe there was malicious intent, but I don't know. To me, I would – I it's hard. I would have done the same thing. There's – the guy's trying to score on my empty net. When we're down by one, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to, to do it. And I'm going to, you know, I think it's the way he landed too. That, yeah, he kind of flipped and then he landed on his head. He landed on his face or yeah. his head. So, yeah. but no, I, I don't know. I, it's not dirty, but I think the, the injury is going to cause it to be a suspension for at least one game. And uh, your thoughts, Fids, on, on the play? Yeah, I'm with Vandy. Like, I don't think it was a malicious hit. Like, I think he's back-checking. He, the guy's busting his ass getting back, trying to prevent a, an empty net goal. And the kid, he, he crosses the intersection. You know, when you take the puck to the paint, you're going to get fucking hit. Like and Corey I Perry think, did earlier in the game, right? And I just think, like, Shively had a, you know, he was he back-checked 200 feet, and now it's like, well, this kid's about to wrap it around. I'm going to take the body. Right, yeah. so like, that's a hockey play. If that, if that, if the goalie's in the net, that's that that I think I think that's a clean hit. Yeah, because he's you know, but but the goalie was and he scores a goal and then it's, you know what I mean? Like if the goalie just snuffs that and it goes in the corner, that kid gets hit all day long. Yeah. But because the puck went in, it looked like he hit him after the play, 
but it was at the same time. Yeah, they're in intersynced with each other. I mean, yeah. I think it's a charge, but I I don't know. I, with George Peros, I'm not sure what what goes on anymore. So yeah, and it, I think if maybe it happened earlier in the game, because um, you have seen that before, where they have assessed a, a five minute major early in a game and there was no suspension to lead over. But hey, give give yeah. Montreal credit tonight. They went after they they. Oh yeah. You know, it, it could have been it could have been a, a Colorado Vegas, you know, Mo- Winnipeg had the, all that time off and Colorado came out and just stormed. Yeah. Um um but Montreal went right at that big line. Yeah. And and they went right after 55 and you could tell by the third period he was frustrated. Yeah. Well and there's another guy right that you know the the heat's getting cranked up in the kitchen like see if he can handle it, right? Yep. And I think I think you're right, Bandy. Like you, you come off such a big win. Like Montreal wasn't supposed to win this series. They've won three games in a row. And I, 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 I shot. I thought for sure. I bet against. I, I bet against uh, Mon- Montreal because I thought they were going to have that big, huge high, and they, you know, come crashing down, and then they'll get back at it. But yeah. I was completely surprised that they how how hard they came out. And, yeah. You know, they had a good game plan. You could tell, like. You know, they, I know they came right from Toronto right after the game. So, you know, they had a good game plan of what they wanted to do. And you could tell that the coaches were like, listen, this is this is who we're going to have to go after. And, you know, the, the Weber and uh, what's that other kid's name? Sherratt. Uh, like, these guys are just like. Uh, Joel Edmondson on the back end, too. So yeah, he pretty much said after the game, if Shifley gets back in the series, we're going to make his life miserable. So, yeah. you know. Listen, and and sorry, I, I was going to go back. Going back to the Leafs in the game seven, I think if Jake Muzzin's in that game, I think we got a different – it's a it's a different game. Yeah. Oh, big time. But and, – and so we talked about the experience level, and we talked about it with – prior to the the playoffs starting i think experience montreal shave weber you know he look at Corey perry man Corey perry Perry price yeah yeah carrie price is jordan stall the x factor in that eric stall sorry um eric stall is having a pretty decent playoff too for them so correct so it's leadership that (laughs) this interview is brought to you by freebars.ca freebars is arguably the best tasting allergy safe energy bar. Check out free bars and experience allergy freedom when traveling the wild. Go to freebars.ca and use the promo code too much at checkout and get 20% off your order. If you have any questions and want to learn more about free bars, email Luke at Luke at freebars.ca. Rebar is peanut-free, nut-free, dairy-free, egg-free, soy-free, gluten-free. Five grams of protein in every serving. Go to freebars.ca and use the promo code Too Much at checkout to get 20% off your order. Tell them that the Too Much podcast sent you. When you hire a contractor, you want things to go smooth. Smooth as a driveway poured by Pete's Concrete. You want a solid guarantee. Solid as a basement floor by Pete's Concrete. You want Pete. Pete's Concrete. For sidewalks, patios, your leaky basement, Pete lays his reputation down with every job, and he offers you finishes and colors you won't find anywhere else. You want someone who proudly puts their name on the work they do. Pete puts his name in concrete. Pete's Concrete.
So, Fids, uh, obviously we got the Vegas-Colorado series going on. Uh, Ryan Reeves got suspended uh, two games for an incident uh, close to the end of the game. And uh, the, the Twitter war and the hate between uh, Reeves and Kane is still alive and well out there. And now it got back on Twitter and Kane ended up tweeting out, don't suspend him, play him 20 minutes a game <laughs> for his punishment. So uh, just thoughts on uh, thoughts on that. And, you know, I think in my opinion, it's kind of good for the game, bring something different. Yeah, you know what it is. And uh, like, it's just a little bit of character. It's like what people want to hear, you know, they want, they want, like, I think that's one thing that the NHL's really changed over the last few years, like, um, or even over the last few years, I, when I was playing, it's like everybody's friends, like all these guys have played against each other their whole lives, right, at these tournaments and stuff. So fucking everybody's best friends. It's like, it's like cool now where it was like cool when I, in my day where, where you could make somebody so mad they wanted to come get you after the game on the bus. Yeah. Now it's like the cool thing is that everybody loves you and you're, oh, I went for dinner with this guy uh, after the game or, oh, I went before this game. Like, it's like, well, who fucking cares? Like you, you play with 25 of those guys every day on your same team. You fly around on a private plane with them and all you're worried about is going for dinner with some guy that's on the other team that's trying to take food off your plate, you know, like, and I, and I, and I think that the fans want to see that they want to see confrontation. And they don't want to see like everyone getting along. Like there's nothing more than I used to love when like Barnaby used to go and, you know, you, you just had to watch the game because you just never knew what he was going to do. Yeah. You know, and now it's like fucking guys are laughing at face offs. Like my junior team coaching, we had a big, huge, uh, like a, a big fight going off. Like this, this Tyson Feist fought this uh, on a kid, tough kid. And everyone's laughing after like, and I'm like, I said to the one kid after he went down and, and, and I'm like, don't ever, don't ever laugh after your teammates put his face on the line for our team. Yeah. It's really funny. You know, and you're laughing with the other team. Like it drove me nuts. Like I was like fuming because it's like, but they're all buddies. They all like played against each other. Like, can you imagine, you know, when Ben Dorvell and these guys were coaching us, Vandy laughing on the ice? No, you weren't allowed. Like it's just so allowed. do you, do, you, do you think that 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 stems from kind of the lockouts that we've kind of seen in the work stoppages where these where all these players are getting together you know at these PA meetings? Do you think oh. that's kind of where it started? Or I don't know. Like I'm just I think it's I think it's just like like I'm telling you when I used to go to the PA meetings, I used to say to my teammates like I don't know if I can go to this one. Like like I I I, I honestly thought I was getting in fights at those meetings because there was stuff you said to guys that you know you regret saying but it's you know it's a game within the game where you yeah you're just trying to get them fired up but like I was scared to go to those meetings I just think it's like I I think it's everything's the same like every guy wants to go with the same agent because they're the big age and I think it's like everyone wants to go to the same places because you know everyone goes back and trains with the same trainers so like right so like, <laughs> like i get it i get it it's like it's just it just drives me nuts it's like oh he's a buddy he's a great guy well i don't give a fuck fuck if he's a great guy like are you gonna go after him in the game like you know if he has the puck you are gonna hit him because you're he's he's your friend and and that's part of that new age player that i was talking about is these guys like fuck we, we got 365 hockey going on now 
and and they're around high level hockey players all the time and they're going to eventually make that leap to the next level nhl junior whatever it is but now you as a scout to me i would think you got to find that kid that's got that screw loose that's where, right okay yeah. I'll, I'll go have i agree yeah Oh, well, we're all wired that way. Like that's how, like you know, Vandy and well, I played together. We are. Yeah, like we we are as the three of us on this podcast, we're, and then obviously Brody and Rob Tash. And Brody Rupp, is yeah, the same yeah, way. Same way. And, so. and, and most of the guys that I grew up with, but I it's dying. Like like I said, with when Shimmer was on, Tom Wilson will be that last screw loose player. Yeah. yeah. If hopefully they don't chase guys like that out, and I think Shane O'Brien said it on Missing Curfew. If you if you're chugging in the east coast league right now and you got a little bit of skill learn how to be a meat he didn't i'm taking it out of context learn how to be a meathead mm-hmm. learn how to be that guy that can you know lose it once in a while and 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 you know yeah okay i'm gonna go in the off season Kelowna. i'm gonna go whatever it is wherever i go muskoka wherever but keep that screw loose when you're on the ice and i I think there's still going to be potential for that. Yeah. And, to, and that uh, we're seeing it right now in the playoffs. Teams, those, those, those players that are, oh, hey, how you doing? Tap each other on the fucking chin pads. They're, like, they're, they're getting swept in four boys. Yeah. Or they're losing in seven. That, you know. Yeah, the drive for hate sometimes isn't there now. now nowadays, when it was like I, I know you know listening to to Uppy's podcast and o, and O'Brien's podcast there, and whenever they talked about you fids, there's like fuck, we would have dinner. You would talk about yeah, you guys would have dinner, but then second that puck dropped, fuck the dinner. It was fuck you. Oh. I'd be you. You'd be in his face. He'd be in your play, face. Yeah, you know, fuck you match and sticks and everything like. <laughs> I think he talked about one time you just fucking cross-checked him. You're like, what the fuck, man? And we just had dinner the night before. Like, what the you're like, no, not tonight, bud. Like, like, like even in practice, like I remember going into practice and like we'd have a fight once a once a practice. <laughs> like, like and not just me and Uppy, but like everybody, like our practices were so competitive. Like nowadays you should see these practices. It's like it's like a morning skate, man. Like it's like <laughs> If you pass to a guy so too hard, you're, he's mad at you at pregame yeah. meal. You know, he won't sit with you. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, no, it's... And like, and like, but, like, it's just changed so much. Like, training camp, they won't... They, we, we, we won't even allow guys to fight at training camp. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when Bill Guerin did that... It was a Bill Guerin when he fucking did that... that he put, knocked that rookie out? Or was that Kachuk back in the day? So, uh, I can't remember. But uh, you know that you just you don't see that too often, right? So you know, look at the St. Louis Blues when they won the cup when they had Zach Stanford and and uh, Robert Pertuzzo. They fucking went at it at practice a couple games before they ended up being in last place, and then it galvanized that room together, right? So yeah, you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. But uh, uh, Vegas getting Max Max Pacioretty back in the lineup, Vandy. How big was that for them? I it was huge. I I think that kind of put them over because I think there were demons from the regular season creeping into that locker room. I am not that I would know, but I think they were, they were, there was some doubt there, even though flurry was flurry, flurry was a flower, but 
they were they were having trouble scoring. They were, I think, just having him come back really lifted them over that and took them over that hump. Yeah, and uh, no, I agree. I think got uh, that confidence that they needed. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely definitely helped them out. So, um, you know, talk about that fids, and you know, you had your playoff run, and that's one of the things that I were I, I apologize that we when we brought you on when we brought you on the other three times. It kind of sucks because the way it worked out, but you know, you, you had it, you went to a, through a cup final, but you, you knew how, it, how it, what it takes to get to there. But talk about, you guys had injuries throughout that cup run uh, in yeah. Nashville there. And so talk about that a bit and, you know, and how big it is to have guys step up when they can. You know what it is, is like, is when guys get injured, especially top guys like that, like he's a top six guy where, um, you know, there's guys that can go and fill in for that for two or three games, but after that, like, you're you're you're, you're you start taking in water. Like, there's a reason why there's guys that go up to the first line and only last two or three games. They can get by for two or three games, but then all of a sudden, it it takes it could potentially take your top two top two well twenty or top lines out of it because this kid might be, you know, a, a he might be killing the puck, right? So, like, it, it could take away those two guys. Then it even fucks up the third line because someone's got to move up from the fourth line, and then someone's coming out of from out of the lineup going into the fourth line. So, like, it's just a trickle-down effect for your lineup, right? Yeah. So when a guy like that and that, that guy's stature comes back to the lineup, it's the trickle-down effect, right? So now this third liner has moved back from the second line. He's moved back to the third line. And the third liner is going back to the fourth line and the guy that shouldn't be in the lineup's not even in the lineup. And then he scores a big goal and it, you know, it boosts the whole team's confidence. Like, Oh, Pacoretti's back and fuck, we're going to win it all again. Right. Yeah. Like it gives the guys belief again and it makes your lineup better. Your coach can, you know, roll the lines a little bit more because there's more depth because of the trickle down effect. And I knew like, even when uh, I remember when Mike Fisher and, um, uh, Johansson went down like we had a kid uh, Goudreau he came he was in Milwaukee and and they're like we're gonna put him on the second line and we know that he's only gonna last two games but yeah. we just get the two best games of it and this kid played unbelievable but I remember they were ready to come back and they're like oh we'll just play him the third game and it was like after like the four, first four shifts they're like yeah, okay yeah, we got to put an older guy there, right? But yeah, yeah. That's just how it goes. But good yeah. on him. He scored a big goal for us, and he came in and he did what he needed to do. But I remember when those when Mike Fisher came back, we were like, it was like, oh fuck, like, you know, we're good now. Yeah, you know, just it's a huge boost of energy because you know when there's not those big name guys in the lineup sheet, you're looking at the board, you're like, oh boy, like you're looking across at a healthy team, and then you're looking at us and you've almost lost the game before you even start it because everyone's, you know, hockey players are mental midgets and, um, you know, they, they, they think way more than they have to instead yeah. of just not yeah. thinking about it. Right. Talk uh, about, you know, I want to hear about that Calder cup run. Like how, how good was. That was, that was something else. That was my second year pro, I think. And uh, cause look at the end of the day, Stanley cup, Stanley's hard to win, but that the Calder Cup to me would be even yeah. tougher. It was a grind, man. It was, uh, you know, we would we were all Upshaw and I were up in Nashville most of the year. Like we weren't playing, but we were like healthy scratches and stuff. And uh, we were going back and forth. They'd send us back and forth just to go play games, just so if we needed to play, 
you know, so we'd like take turns and our owner was Craig Leopold and he was, uh, they own Johnson and Johnson, uh, you know, all the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fly us back and forth on this private jet. Right. So like we're going back and forth to Milwaukee. So finally they're like, at the end of the year, like we're sitting after we, we lost out and we're all sitting around the room and it's like, Hey, you guys are going, uh, you guys are going down to Milwaukee to help them win the cup. And I think we got in there and it was like, uh, I think they were down. They were down like, I think, two one in the series, and they flew us in. And you know the saviors were there, right? We we got there, and this team was so good. Like, like um, Cincinnati was giving them trouble though, and like we had like Brad Tiley, Tony Herkus, Wade Flaherty, Curtis Murphy, Wyatt Smith. Like we had a, an unbelievable team. Like, Sugar Ray. Yeah, Sugar Ray Schultz was our captain. Uh, <laughs> But our coach was Claude Noel, and and we got like we got better and better every every game. Like we we beat Cincinnati in seven, and then I think we beat Chicago in six six games, and then we went on to uh, we went on to Rochester, beat them in five, and then we went to Wilkes Bar, and it was nuts in Wilkes Bar, and then in Milwaukee too. We had we were selling out our our Bradley Center it was like fifteen thousand fans, same in Wilkes Bar. And we got to that final and it would take forever because you only play on the weekends. So like you have all week. So we didn't finish till like the end of June. And I mean, it was, it was, it was the longest, but it was the funnest time because all week you drink all weekend or all week. And then on the weekends you'd, you'd play these games. Right. No. But we didn't have any injury. Well, Uppy was the only one that got injured, but we stayed healthy. Our goalie was unbelievable. And like, I remember when we got to, uh, to Wilkes Bar, our, our, our oldest guy, Tony Herkus was like 40 some years old. He said to me, he said to us, boys, he goes, I hate wasting my summers. So we need to sweep this series. I want to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, all right, like, let's get this done. Let's get her done. Yeah. Yeah. But it yeah. was, it, it was a lot of fun, Bandy. Like there was, uh, you know, a lot of us that, that made it because of that Calder cup run, like they wanted that, winning pedigree in, in Nashville. And they told us that like that summer, they brought four of us in to go train in Nashville. And they're like, we want you guys to like talk about this. Like we want you guys to sh like, you guys just went through fucking more. You went through hell and back to win this thing. You guys paid the price. You guys were a huge part of it. We want you guys tell talking to these other guys that haven't won, like, you know, in our, and they're just as, they're a little bit older than you guys, but you guys yeah, need yeah. to install this culture that what's, what it's going to take. But we had great older guys that would just like, they'd call us out. Like if we were doing anything wrong on the ice, like they would just let us know, like we knew where we stood all the time because of our leadership group. Yeah. And I remember like Sugar Ray would, he was a guy that would just tell you like, Hey, you're dog fucking it. Like get going. I remember one time he said to, um, this guy, uh, Cameron Mann, I think his name was, he said, are you ever going to score? This guy hadn't scored in like 15 games. Trigger A just calm says, you, are you ever going to score again? And the guy was like pissed. Like he's like, but it got him thinking, right? Like, yeah. I better score a goal here. Yeah. Great group, great group of guys. It's amazing the list of players. Like obviously you got to be good to win, but the, the, the list of guys that have won that Calder Cup yeah, they've gone on and had such great success in the NHL. Like it's it. The well, buddy, like, that Wilkes-Barre team was. <laughs> well, we it was flurry. Like, yeah, 
They went through three goalies. They they were like we 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 just we just were like game seven or game four when we won it. I think it was like I think we beat them like seven one or something. Like our, we wanted to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah. But they had like they had a really good team. Like they had guys that were like I think there was Talbot there and um, Flurry was a goalie. At, uh, they had a cho- uh, bunch of they had they tried three different goalies. But uh, we I mean we were just we were dominant like yeah. Well, yeah, when you got oh, two two Edmonton boys, three Alberta boys leading the charge. Sugar Ray yeah. is uh, Ray Schultz, Edmonton boy. We got to get him on. Like he's, I bet he's got some good stories. <laughs> him and Bernie. Yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, he, was, he was a beauty. Yeah. So uh, one more for me, and if Andy has anything to, to add at the end. But uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on P.K. Subban as a teammate in Nashville. You know, that, that sometimes you people say he's misread as a teammate and as a, as a player and whatnot. But, you know, I think the guy's hell of a talent and he's great for the game and growing the game too. So thoughts on him, you know, I see he tags you in some stuff on Instagram and stuff like that. So yeah, no, guys... he, was, uh, he was a lot of fun. He, he, he was, uh, he was a guy that brought a lot of energy to the room and um, you know, we had an older group, so he, he was very respectful and, you know, he's a star player. He's a star on Instagram and everything, but um, there wasn't anything that uh, like he would do to, you know, piss any of us off. Like he, you know, he has his own little production going, but at the same time, like he always made sure anything that he got invited to, everyone else was invited. Like, you know, if he was going to UFC fight, it was like, everyone's more than welcome to come. Just write your name on the board or text me if you want to come and I'll take care of you. Uh, same with dinners and stuff. I always trying to set stuff up. Good team player. Yeah. Uh, as far as that goes, like I know there's some shenanigans that comes along with PK, but I got a lot of respect for PK. He he played super hard. He played hurt. Um, you know, he probably shouldn't even have played the last uh, you know few games. He was you know really banged up, but you know with a little bit of uh, fluid meds, he was able to do that. But um, you know, I know he gets a bad rap sometimes for getting caught up in all the shit and all that, but he was an outstanding teammate, uh, when I was with him in Nashville and still keep in touch with him quite a bit. Uh, we have a little group texting going there with a bunch of guys and he makes me laugh. Like literally almost every morning I get, we, he, he, he gets the tunes going and he'll, you know, he'll send a reminder of one song we used to listen to or whatever. And, uh, you know, a lot, lot of fun. Like I, I, I enjoyed his company because um, he, he, he just never knew what you were going to get out of him. Yeah. One time we were in uh, Nashville for my birthday and we had, we had beat St. Louis. So we were waiting for the Western conference final to see who we were going to play. And he's like, he's like, what, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, well, nothing, man. I have no idea. So we went for dinner, just him and I, and we, we got talking. He didn't even realize it was my birthday, but I, you know, I wasn't going to tell him and yeah. a couple other guys come and join us. And he's like, it's your fucking birthday. I'm like, yeah, it's my birthday, man. He's like, well, how old are you? I think I was like turning 37 or something. And he goes, that's fucking awesome. So he went to the bathroom and all of a sudden there was this big drum set on the, on the, like behind the bar. <laughs> and like, we're trying to stay under the radar, right? Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden the spotlight goes on and he's, He's got the drums and he's fucking starts and he just like grabs the mic and starts singing happy birthday to me. And like the whole place, like it was packed, just turns around and I'm just like, what does he do? (laughs) 
I said, we're going to get, like, you shouldn't be here, you know? That's hilarious. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with PK. He's, yeah. uh, he's a good time. Oh, yeah. I, I uh, enjoy following him on Instagram. He's always a good laugh there. He's doing driving when he's driving they'll be tagging you and neil or in uh in a video or something it's just always yeah there's always something going on and yeah i think the guy's hell of a talent and he's great for the game and he's helped grow the game in in such a great way so yeah. i don't know if you have anything else to add vandy before we uh send send it off here no i we did have lee garden about a month ago Oh, and how was it? it? Was scrumptious, dude. Tell me about it. <laughs> it was scrumptious. What did Spring you have? Uh, we had ginger beef. Oh. Here, so the fucked up part is, the, uh, I don't know if he's the owner, but he comes dart hanging out of it. You could tell he just put the dart out on the sidewalk, comes walking up. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys haven't ordered for a while. I said, yeah, I know. It's been a while. And he goes, oh, well, thank you. We're... We're still going, blah, blah, blah. I think we had egg rolls, ginger beef, um, Mongolian fried rice. Oh, so good. Oh, that's the best food, man. Those, did yeah. you get the little spring rolls or the uh, like the big egg roll? The big, we got egg rolls. Yeah, we get, yeah, egg rolls and then the, the little, little spring rolls with yeah. the little ginger sauce. Oh. Yes. We'll have to talk about a sponsorship with them or something here. <laughs> so, they wouldn't uh, even know what a podcast is. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I got nothing to say. Hey, Fed's always good catching up with you. I appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you so much for that sweater. I got to post that. I, I, my son wears that to Academy almost every day. The, I, I gave him the blue one. Yeah. Yeah. He loves that's, it. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> We gotta step up our game now. The the younger kids are listening. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I we appreciate the support you give us here and uh, and all that. It means it definitely means a lot. And since uh, since we had you on the first time, the the numbers have grown tremendously uh, in in listenership and followers. So we uh, we can't thank you enough for all that. And obviously the sponsorship part too. So thanks again. Oh, my pleasure, guys, and uh, all the best. Hope, uh, hopefully, we see you guys here in July some at some point. Yeah, I'll sure. be there. Awesome.